is, uh, I always, always say that you could have spent your time anywhere on a Sunday morning, but you've decided to come hang out with us, and for that I am truly grateful. You're not here um, by accident. You're here for a purpose. And I'm always looking for what that purpose is. Always. Uh, simply because what was last week isn't for this week. Even what was yesterday isn't for today. But for what is right, what is for right now, man, we want to get that. We want to step into that. Amen? And so this morning as you receive this word, receive it in a manner. Uh, I can't really tell you how to receive it, but let the Lord speak. Amen? Let him say something to you so that today is what it is intended to be. Um, I just have it on my heart. I've had it on my heart the past couple weeks um, that whatever flesh would rob us today, we want to pray against that. We don't want that here. Whatever self would rob the spirit, we don't want that here this morning. And so as this message is being preached, as uh, this word is coming across, I'm just going to ask you guys to pray um, during the sermon um, every once in a while just to, just to let, the, uh, let the Spirit cleanse this place. Amen? Let the Spirit wash over us and anything that is not of Him to just be pushed out. Because we want this to be a place where the Spirit can move freely. Um, free of our own opinion, free of what's going on in us. But welcome. We are going to be jumping into Romans chapter 10, breaking that open this, this morning. Now, Romans chapter 10, you could argue that, you know, you, you hear me and Beck, Beck and I speak about preaching complete thoughts, looking in the Word and, and seeing where the thought starts and where the thought ends. Romans chapter 10, you could kind of argue that the thought continues through chapter 11 and into chapter 12. Well, we're not going to read all of that today. We read a ton of scripture last Sunday, which is good. I'll never apologize for reading scripture because that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? But chapter 10 is almost like a couple of statements being made within a thought. And it can be broken up into two sections. So today our text is going to be Romans chapter 10 verses 1 through 11. And then next week will be 12 through the end of the chapter. But what Paul is doing here in these verses, the first thought, let me just give you the two sections and, and kind of what those are about. The first, Paul is speaking in his essay to the church at Rome about two things. The first is the massive difference between righteousness of faith and righteousness of the law. And he gets at that. Righteousness of faith, which, to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, the Jews, the Israelites who we're talking about, the Jews in, in Rome, um, they were, in essence, married to, connected to, in a massive way, righteousness of the law. And we're going to get into some of that. And what Paul brings is saying, that's not it obviously. But let me tell you what the righteousness of faith is and how that's obtainable or how, how did I write it down? Let me, I can't get too far away from my notes sometimes. Offered. The righteousness of faith is offered in the gospel. Amen? You guys, are you trucking with me? He's going to, in essence, show us the massive difference between those two. 
Then you get from 12 all the way to the end of the chapter. This is the second thought that will be preached on next week. Um, and that is, as he speaks in verse 12, uh, verse 12 I'm just going to read this real quick because it gives us kind of a, uh, an overarching theme for, for, for next week. It says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Basically saying this, the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, it puts us all on the same level. My rules, my regulations, your rules, the things that we uh, build up in our lives as standards that we need to attain. For me, it might be different for you. Uh, all I can say is that uh, I can't project mine onto you. And if I do, guess what? Sometimes it's probably going to be that, hey, I'm better than you. <laughs> or you're better than me. That's what we do with our own perception of things. We kind of loft ourselves up to the pinnacle of whatever. Okay? I don't want to go down that rabbit trail. I feel like I'm getting off, off topic on that one. But what does the gospel do? It puts us all on the same level and responsible for what's going on right here. Does that make sense? Good. Good. So, again, verses 1 through 11. The massive difference between the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of faith. Again, I want to make sure that we understand that as we read through this, the reason why Paul feels as though he has to make a distinction between the two is because how fervently the Jews are connected to this righteousness of the law. And what I want to challenge you in this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Is there any righteousness in us that we have established that we are too connected to? That today maybe the Lord wants you to let go of that thing and let the righteousness of faith jump in before you understand what's going on. Let that work. You remember the comment that I made last week? about letting faith work first before you try to understand the situation? How, uh, wh why is it that we feel the need to understand the situation before we have faith in the one who is going to pull us through the situation? Put us on solid rock on the other side of our circumstance. Stand standing, not flat on our face. Dust brushed off, not covered in continual sin. Are you with me this morning? Letting faith work first, then understanding will come second. Now, I'm just going to jump into reading this. I'm going to read, let's just read through the whole thing so we can get the, the text for today. And then I'm going to come back and kind of highlight verses 1 through 4 because I believe that there's a posture of heart that Paul has that needs to be looked at. It's not the gist of what's being communicated here, but I don't think we can skip over it. Um, there's a lot in verses 1 through 4. And there's also, obviously, a ton in 5 through 11. There's a lot in the word, period. That's kind of a redundant, duh statement, you know. There's a lot in this scripture. Of course there is, Pastor. It's the scripture. Alright? So let's read this. This is Romans 1. Excuse me. Romans 10, 1 through 11. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. 
For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Verse 5. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. I don't know if you can see the difference between verses 1 through 4 and 5 through 11. But what I appreciate about Paul, man, I'm learning a lot about this guy, just as a leader, um, and how he uh, expresses his heart for people who have hurt him. Let's just say that. I ask you guys this a lot. Some of you raise your hands. Some of you don't. Anybody in here been hurt before? No? Nobody? All right. Some of those hands shoot right up. Human nature is to turn your shoulder. Human nature is to not love someone who has hurt you. Come on, that's just, that's it, right? But as we see Paul open up chapter 9 and open up chapter 10, we see his heart for people who weren't exactly on his side all the time. Paul begins to preach the word and he's jailed, he's beaten up, he's, he just, he's gone through a lot. And a lot of it is at the hands of the Jews, which here he is saying something again, almost repeating what he's saying in different words at the beginning of chapter 10 that he did in chapter 9, saying, brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Now we get a snapshot of Paul continuing to love on these people. And I think about the people in my past who have either, either walked away or uh, we just don't see those people around here anymore. And it blows me away that Paul, his first reaction, or one of his reactions, is to pray for that person. Is to pray for the Jews. I'll be honest with you, sometimes when I pray for people in the past, I'm not saying that I'm doing this right now, but the Lord has brought me through this, alright? I ain't praying for their, their best, <laughs> okay? It's, it's Lord, let them, just get them, Jesus, just get them. Lord, sick, sicking God on somebody, right? Simply because we're, we're praying out of pain. We're praying from a place of being hurt. Well, I just think Paul's heart is, is worth looking at right here. That in the, in the face of being, in essence, beaten up, uh, day in and day out. This man's first response is to pray not only for the people, but what does he pray for? He prays for their salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's praying for somebody's best. Do we pray as a church for each other's best? Even when it's somebody who I don't have an issue with. 
But guess what? There's scripture that says it's easy to love when you're being loved. It's easy to be joyful in a situation that warrants that. But in the face of going through something that is unbelievably hard is our first desire to pray for that other person. I just think that's worth looking at. I think that's worth taking from the scripture. Now again, that's not the gist of what we're going to be talking about today. However, are you guys with me today? Paul's heart is unbelievable and it's changing me as a leader. Um, and I hope that it changes us as well as a church. But then he continues with the kind of talking about the righteousness of the law. And he says, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God. And I'm going to stop right there for a second. Now, I've been using this word, and Scripture uses it as well, this word righteousness. Righteousness of the law and righteousness of faith. Do we even know what righteousness is, if, if I was to ask you that? <laughs> we use it in the church all the time. But somebody asks, actually asks you that, and hey, righteousness, what, what does that mean? Does that mean living rightly? Well, I can do right things all the time, but does it mean that that thing is righteous? We get from the Greek a definition of this word that really helps us out. It is that which God has approved. Think about that. Righteousness is those things that the Lord has said yes to. I want you to understand that. Living right is one thing. Re living righteously is a better thing. Coming in here on a Sunday morning, going to Bible studies. Uh, you guys hear me talk about this a lot. Those are right Christian things to do. But if the very thing that you're meeting about and talking about and looking about, looking at in the Word doesn't come out in your actions, then it's not a righteous thing. It's not that which God has approved. Those things that He has approved, ladies and gentlemen, are we even seeking those? Are you with me this morning? The reason I ask that question is because of what is a just... I just got done reading in, uh, in verse 2. Paul is saying that I testify about them that they have a zeal for God. This word zeal. I love it. I got to get to my definition here. It's the great, it is great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. So he's saying, man, I'm praying for these people. I'm praying for their best. And what I recognize is they have a great enthusiasm for God. That's not a bad thing. It isn't. However, what happens after the comma is huge for us today. It's huge for us to understand that in our pursuit of God, if it is not in accordance with knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, it'll do more damage than it will good. We'll end up hurting each other more so than we will helping each other. I am running as hard as I can after the Lord and thus says the Lord and this, you know, principle, precept, whatever it is, if I come with that and it's not in accordance with knowledge, what is knowledge? If you can with me really quick. This is something that is... is um, if I was to be just a little bit vulnerable this morning and just transparent, let me say that. This is something that the Lord's really getting at me in. Um, and 
I'll be honest with you, it's a tug of war sometimes. It really is because my flesh says one thing and the Spirit says an another. But if you can, real quick, turn with me to uh, Proverbs 1, 7. So we're th reading this, and he's saying, For I testify about them that they have zeal for God, which, okay, isn't necessarily a bad thing, and we'll, we'll get to Scripture that says zeal is a good thing as long as it is for something good, but not in accordance with knowledge. Well, where is the missing link? Where is the missing key here? And it says this, I love, it's a famous verse. I'm pretty sure in some, at some point you've heard this. If not, if today is the first time, amen, hallelujah. But what type of knowledge would it take for us to not miss God? And it, I believe it's right here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Are you with me this morning? In my pursuit of God. In my zeal, great energy, enthusiasm, in pursuit of him. If there is no fear, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's no conviction. If there's no conviction, I'm going to do what I want to do. Let's call it what it is. It's straight up rebellion is what it is. Now see, there are areas in my life, personally, where I feel as though I'm good. I think that we all could... Jump on board with that. There's areas in your life where you feel like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some good stuff. There's areas in our lives where we could say, well, I could probably do better. But there's also areas in our lives, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we are completely oblivious to. You want to know why? Because I don't think we fear the Lord to the depth that we need to anymore in those areas. See, the Jews were so married to the law that they, in essence... If I say this correctly, the fear wasn't reverential. I would almost say that the fear was a phobia in nature. They wanted acceptance from God so much that possibly they feared that it wasn't going to happen, so I'm going to do it on my own. And I'm going to do it by way of the law, and I'm going to do it by way of what the Bible says, and totally miss the Messiah totally miss a relationship with Jesus. Now there is an aspect of fear, ladies and gentlemen, that I will say is good, and I've already commented on it, the reverential side of it. But human nature, I believe, is that when we don't know something, we fear it. We fear the unknown, whether we know it or not. What we do with that fear, some people, they run. Some people, they dive right in and try to figure everything out so that they can understand it so it then becomes a known rather than an unknown. That's just a mouthful. It really is. It's exhausting. Amen? This righteousness of the law was something that was an Achilles heel for these people. I want to be able to bring that this morning in asking us, Having a zeal for God is a good thing. But is my zeal in accordance with fearing Him? Is my zeal in accordance with saying, Lord, yeah, I fear you more than any other situation, any other person, any other circumstance. I just want to present that question to us this morning and walk out of here with that. 
Amen? And here's the byproduct of this. For not knowing about God's righteousness, not knowing about that which he has approved, and seeking to establish their own. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God, that which he approved. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. You know, sometimes I feel like I can just read the scripture and be done and I don't have to talk about it. <laughs> but the byproduct of not fearing the Lord is establishing your own righteousness. And that's a scary thing. It really is. For us to establish our own righteousness is to say, this is what I approve of. Rather than, God, I'm going to side with what you say is good. I'm going to make good. Are you with me this morning? Now, I'm going to make this statement as we get to the good part of the message. Because the good part of the message is talking about the gospel. Amen. <laughs> I say amen a lot because I'm just trying to make sure you guys aren't going to get up and leave in the middle of this thing. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to make this statement as I continue. It says, how often do we jump in first and ask God to bless it second? Rather than searching and waiting for what he has already blessed and then run with zeal towards that. I'm going to read that again. How often do we jump in first and ask God to bless it afterwards? Rather than searching and waiting for what he has already said yes to and running with great enthusiasm and passion after that thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't miss if you do that. You just can't miss. What I want to do this morning is encourage us to just pause, to search, to wait on the Lord, to show us that which he approves. So we run as fast as we can after that and not straight to brokenness. Are you with me this morning? So there's this righteousness of law, of the law that's being spoken of in these four verses. Verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. There's that one word again in there. Belief. Man, if you just believe, it'll happen. That hasn't worked for me before. I believed there was going to be more gas in my gas tank and it just didn't show up. Right? I almost feel as though that word is a hot topic for Christians sometimes, for followers of Christ. Simply because there's a simplicity to it that I don't necessarily know that we can wrap our heads around as much as it's experiential in nature. When I say experiential in nature is that the Lord isn't asking you to figure it out before you do it. He's asking you to simply believe and watch what happens. Does that make sense this morning? Okay. People were making fun of me earlier for walking up and down the aisle and I see why. Because these pregnant pauses of me, like, trying to get back to my, the Bible. <laughs> because I'm trying to figure out where we're going next. And I'm 38 feet away from the pulpit. <laughs> Just because I like to be next to you guys. Christ is the end of the law 
for righteousness to everyone who believes. The interesting thing is that even in the Jews' pursuit of the law, Christ is in there. I'm trying to figure out how they miss even that. If you are going to be somebody who lives by the righteousness of the law, it all points back to Jesus anyway. You're going to run smack dab right into him. And I appreciate that because in latter chapters, the Lord says, I'm going to get my people. Here we are talking about the Jews, the Israelites, and how they're just the example of what not to do. <laughs> what he does say in his word is that I will get them. And guess what? He will get you too. He will get me. And there's times where I say that and I'm like, oh, Lord, <laughs> let me humble myself right quick before you do it. And that's not necessarily the most fun and comfortable thing. But in these next few verses, the gospel is basically what is presented here. Uh, and it says, for Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. And here we go. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, and who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. All throughout Romans up until this point, you see comments being made that there's no amount of works that can bring you closer to the Lord or attain salvation. These verses right here, 6 and 7, speak to that. It's not as, this, as though you have to go up and search or, or go down and find. God took care of that. He took care of all of it from the beginning to the end and everything in between. All you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know how else to say this. He's asking you to believe in the fact that he's already approved. Let me say it like this. Let me get just a little bit personal. Um, some of you guys in here uh, are dealing with something that is going to take years off your life. Whether that be connected to anxiety, whether that be connected to, I don't know what I talk about, fear, I don't know what it is. I, I just have this sense in my spirit that there's some heavy stuff in the room. And those heavy things should not be taken lightly. Because it's in pursuit of your life right now. It wants to take years off of your life. The enemy wants to what? Kill, steal, destroy. Are you with me this morning? With that being said, I just want this to, want this to come out correct. The Father is in such pursuit of you guys in this moment. Right now, that those things, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I feel like the reason why he wanted me to say that was to uh, bring you to a place where it's we're not just we're not just mulling over the stuff anymore. We're not just saying, "Ah, oh, well, next thing." 
I have this. I'm sorry that this is taking me a little bit to get out. So keep, keep praying for it, brother, because it's in here. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get it out this morning. Um, this zeal that the Lord has for you, this pursuit that he has for you, ladies and gentlemen, I just have to say, he is going to accomplish that which he set out. And bring to the forefront, man, it's just the stuff, it's the crap, it's the sin, it's the things that happened last week, it's the things that happened last night, it's the things that might possibly happen. However, however, it is so simple for you and I to simply just side with Christ and not ourselves. And to believe, I don't have another word for it. This word belief that is on me. He is asking you right now to, to have faith in him for this moment. And I'm going to get back to this scripture here in a second. But I feel like I have to, I have to bring this to a little bit of a close right here in saying this. Ladies and gentlemen, do you trust that he's five steps ahead of you? Do you? That as his foot leaves the sand, all you have to do is put your foot right where his was. Because there are things that I want, like I, like I said before, there's things that want to destroy you, to kill you, to take your life from you, to take years off of your life, minutes away from you. And the simplest thing that he's asking you to do is what will save you from that. And it's simply to just put your foot right where his is and to let go of self. Are you, are, are you catching me this morning? Now, the next part of this scripture is this. In number, uh, verse 8, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. And then verse 9, ladies and gentlemen, this is how, this is how simple it gets for us this morning. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I love playing the piano, but that's not going to save me. I love singing worship songs, but that's not going to save me. I even love going to Bible studies, but that's not what's going to save me. Believing in my heart, and here go, confessing with your mouth that he is Lord brings about this salvation brings about this life, brings about being able to handle things that are, what? Trying to destroy you. Literally trying to get you to walk away from Jesus. Next part of the scripture in verse 10. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. You know, I, I think the reason why, 
This message was just a little bit choppy there. About five minutes ago, felt like the Lord was putting something on me. Um, because this verse 10, ladies and gentlemen, for with the heart a person believes. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys this morning. Sometimes I wake up feeling like he's not even there. Feeling like the things that, that he's promised me will never come to fruition. They just never will. And you claw and you try and you do everything that you possibly can. The works, the righteousness that is connected to the law. And he brings you right back to a place where he says, Look, son, I told you I'm going to do it. Why don't you just let me do this for you? Does that resonate with anybody on a personal level? That's how the Lord's hitting me. But does that hit you? That's, that's really what I have to give for you, give to you this morning. But then we get back to this title. And it's a zeal for perfection. I continue, not continually, I can't say that. There, there are moments, there have been moments in the past couple weeks uh, where I have lost sight of his zeal for me. We are supposed to have a zeal for the gospel. We're supposed to give the gospel um, apart from ourselves, not attached to Alex or attached to um, fill in the blank with your name. And my heart sometimes moves over to this righteousness of the law and I try to do it and do it and do it, fall flat on my face, and then it takes me to a place, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that I'm questioning who God is. That's not, that's not it. But when it says in here that all I have to do is believe in my heart, there are times that is tough. But you know what brings me up out of that? Is knowing that his zeal for me is greater than any pursuit on this earth. Does that make sense this morning? And that comes out of Galatians 4, 18. If we can get that up on the screen. And I wanted this to be in the NIV version because it says it better. Um, let me get to this real quick. Man, come on, Alex. What's wrong with you? Here we go. Sorry about that. It does say, but it is good always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner, and not only when I am present with you. And the NIV says this, it is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good. That is connected to the Jews. But guess what else? Turn over to Mark 10 real quick. And we're going to see a little bit more about the character of Christ. And he says this, And Jesus said to him, Who do you, uh, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So with that being said, being zealous is good as long as it is for a good thing. The only one who is good is God. 
Our zealous, our zeal for him should be directed only towards him. However, coming back the other way from God to us, I just want to make sure that we don't, we don't miss this characteristic about the Lord. If you can, Isaiah 9-7. Not only does he ask us to be zealous for him, but we serve a God who is zealous for his children. I love this. Oh, man. It says, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. For then on and furthermore, and here we go, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. That statement at the end of seven is spoken all over Isaiah. Again, it's spoken in 37:32. And what I've learned from Beck is when you see patterns in the scripture, you need to pay attention. Here again, 37:32. For out of Jerusalem will go forth a remnant, and out of Mount Zion survivors, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The great energy and enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an object will accomplish this. What is he in pursuit of? Perfection in each and every one of us. That's what the gospel is doing in each and every one of us. Bringing us to a place where we are perfect in him. Are you with me this morning? Not only is it human nature for us to go after something super hard, be very passionate about it. Some of you guys are going to watch some football games this afternoon. You're going to be very passionate about it. It's just in you to do that. However, our zeal, it being a good thing, only for a good thing, and that good thing only being God, is what comes from us to him. But to miss out on the fact that he's zealous for you, hmm, would leave us in a place where maybe we don't believe as much as we should. Are you with me this morning, church? Sorry, I've kind of kept you here just a little bit longer than, than normal. I'm going to get worship team back up here. And we're going to get prepared for our offering as we close. Uh, these scriptures, ladies and gentlemen, are pointing towards of faith, righteousness of faith, and not righteousness of the law. And I want to encourage you guys this morning that the Lord might be asking you to jump even though you don't have it figured out quite yet. He might be asking you to jump into that which he has approved even though it may not look comfortable, even though it may not, I don't know, Look like it's all taken care of from the beginning to the end. You guys can come on up here. But for us to jump, ladies and gentlemen, I feel as though it is connected to our fear of Him. Fearing Him in a, in a, in a, in a reverential way 
brings us to our knees. It brings us to a place where we're desperate for him. There is nothing else. There is nothing else but to jump. So, Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing this morning, Lord. We thank you for this, this offering, Lord. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the opportunity to, to dive into it, to dissect it. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, whatever is given is given joyfully, Lord, that you would... Um, Bless what gets put in the offering so that we can bless you with it, Lord. Um, and Father, it can be used for your good. It can be used to further your kingdom. So we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can go ahead and pass that. Go ahead and pass that. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All right. Thank you. Well, let's let's stand to our feet this morning as we as we close and we just ask the Lord to let this word sink in for us today. love you for what you're doing this morning Lord and just we just want to praise your name so let's sing this and let the spirit continue to, to move on our hearts this morning and I will sing praise to your name almost high I will sing praise to your name I will sing your name almost high I will sing praise to your name I will sing praise to your name almost high I will sing praise to your name I will sing praise to your name almost high Father, God, there are things that you are working out uh, in us. And Lord, I pray that in the midst of those, uh, we never forget about who you are. We never forget about your pursuit of us. Uh, and this morning, Lord, as we go from this place... I just pray that there's a, a fervency to run after you and to jump, Father. Jump into the things that you have approved. Jump into the things, Lord, that you have said yes to. And just watch you work after that. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. We need you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You guys are free to go.
It's okay. Wait, so this is e. Yeah, so, okay. So this is e. So three and then two and then minor. Oh. You just move it. Oh, so you just... Okay. So then two and then three. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. When life's doing me wrong Gotta shake the dust off my feet And keep marching on When trouble weighs me down Brings me to my knees Lord, my needs are many But that's a pretty, yeah, a pretty good place to be Don't blame it on the preacher Cause the preacher done told The devil's got a target on my heart and my soul But let me tell you, brother, what the devil don't I may never get money, I may never have fame, but if I'm ever in the spotlight, I'll point it back your way. Come on, all you weak and weary. 
Stressing now, feeling real good about life. Been a blessing, been a blessing now. Learn these things through the pain and the strife. When you move, when you move on. When you climb those hills, you had to climb. There's a mountain in the way every time, but I survive. Oh, I. I'm good. Two dollars in my pocket, I'm good. They tryna get me caught up, I'm good. And I ain't never going back. Cause I'm good, yeah I'm good, yeah I'm good And if they want it, they can get it, I'm good Tell them that I'm coming with it, I'm good And if they think that I'ma quit it, I'm good Yeah I'm good, man I'm good I'm good, I'm good, I'm good Keep it pushing, I ain't moving back Learn my lesson, I'm done with all that New ways call for better days Wipe out, but you gotta learn to ride the wave I've had my whole world change over a phone call What can happen, we really don't know All that matters is that you don't fall Keep pushing on and on I'm good Two dollars in my pocket, I'm good They tryna get me caught up, I'm good And I ain't never going back cause I'm good Yeah, I'm good Oh 
fuck it, I'm good They tryna get me caught up, I'm good And I ain't never going back cause I'm good Yeah, I'm good, yeah, I'm good And if they want it, they can get it, I'm good Tell them that I'm coming with it, I'm good And if they think that I'ma quit it, I'm good Yeah, I'm good, man, I'm
Some of you are new. Most of you are from first service. That's okay. <laughs> you don't have to leave, all right? You don't have to leave. But we are going to jump into worship this morning. And so as we do that, uh, I just want to plant a little bit of a seed in your mind that um, the God that you serve is, is in a zealous pursuit of you this morning and he's going to get you he's going to get his children he's going to get his followers he's going to get those who claim his name and proclaim his name as Jesus so what we want to do is, as his children is just follow him pursue him right back and do that through through worship this morning so if you could stand to your feet, we're going to jump into we're going to jump into worship. We're going to just ask the spirit to be here in Jesus name. Father, we love you. God, we know that there's no amount of uh, self that could ever produce what it's like to be in your presence. And therefore, Lord, uh, I just pray for self to fall away, for self to be crucified this morning. Lord, so we can experience you today. Lord, I know that I'm desperate for you. In this moment, I am desperate to hear you. I'm desperate to walk with you. I'm desperate to be right next to you, Lord. And I know that everyone in this room is the same. And so this morning, Father, just bring us into that moment. Bring us into that, that atmosphere of worship this morning. We thank you for your pursuit of us. We thank you for the fact that you're going to finish the work that you started in us. In Jesus' name.
Oh my God, 